Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio number 373. We're going to be talking about HTML. <laughs> Just a little bit, kind of. We really are. Anyway, Shaw's with me. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, man. Um, and what we're specifically going to talk about is kind of like messing with HTML on the fly. Your HTML. Your HTML. That's right. Not even our HTML. How do I set this up? Let's say you write code on CodePen and we show it to you. It's about as simple as that, except for that it's the world's most complicated thing, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, but l let's imagine the pen editor of today, which so many people are familiar with. You write some code, including HTML and CSS and JavaScript, and you adjust settings, and you add in external resources, and yada, yada, yada. We take all that stuff and we smash it together into one HTML document and then serve it and you can see that html right in the editor so that's that's where we'll start we have some level of control over that in the pen editor because there's only just that one html file so just keep that in mind a little bit but then let's say okay where else might you see this pen well you might see it on your profile everybody has a profile on code pen so th it's there but it's it's in a slightly different context, right? You're looking at it on some page that anybody else might be able to see too. So in that case, we actually mess with your HTML a little bit, a little bit differently than, uh, than you would in the editor. For example, like if you used the autofocus attribute in HTML, <laughs> you kind of try to not have that there so it doesn't steal your focus when you're... Um, you know, just browsing some profile or something. We call that the grid. Or or alert or audio, all those Geolocation. kind of annoy, annoying yeah. APIs. Anything that's annoying, we try to we try to stop. Okay, so there's that. Let's go back to the editor for a moment. There's another thing that 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 we offer on CodePen that's a console. It's actually pretty cool, pretty useful. You can uh, you can pop it open. You can share a pen with the console open in case the point of your pen is logging or showing other things in the console. Well, how the heck does that work? <laughs> yeah, for the for the built-in browser console, like it it has access to the page. It can read all of those things. All of those console functions are native. Mm -hmm. uh, but in order for us to get that actually working in the browser, there's kind of a lot of intervention we have to do. But ultimately, it comes down to a little script that we script, inject right. on that on that page. Totally. So there, there are at least two things we're doing. We're occasionally messing with code a little bit. Our goal is to do it as absolutely little as possible. Like if we didn't no. have to do anything, that would be very <laughs> ideal. But we don't want to touch it. We, we don't. don't really don't want to. But if it's security or UX related or offering a very useful feature, sometimes we just have to. So at the moment, let's keep this on the like, okay, in order to make that console work, that's a pretty cool feature, we need to inject a script. So we kind of just internally refer to that as script injection. Makes kind of sense, right? And <laughs> very, yeah, yeah. S sometimes it's easier than others, you know? Uh, let's imagine that we didn't have as much control over the HTML output as we do in a kind of a typical pen. And that could be easily true. Well, th think about like the project editor. Projects, yeah. Yeah, we've got multi-files. We really don't 
we really don't mess with the content of that. Like it's pretty direct from what you see in the file editor to what's yeah. shown in the preview. All right. So we, we have no idea, you know, just, just less control. So we're, we're kind of thinking what's like the, what's a way to approach this in a kind of scalable way. And I, I, there is a number of ways we could do it, but we have some, and we've mentioned this a number of times on the show before we use Cloudflare and we use Cloudflare workers and we've used them for all kinds of different things on CodePen. And another, you know, just one of the, I guess one of the features of a Cloudflare worker is that it has a kind of a, an API as part of it called HTML rewriter. And the, it's just this fancy API. I'll leave it to you to go look at the docs. But if I may mouth blog it for one second, if you choose to use that API, it's kind of like looking at your HTML as a stream and you can write little like matchers that say like, oh, when you see this element, you know, do this callback function essentially. And it has, it's your opportunity to like look at the content of the HTML, perhaps change it and kind of put it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you could use this for like translation or injecting things or like A-B testing. Yeah, uh, yeah, removing content, like all that, all that kind of stuff. You essentially have like a, a document.query selector kind of power yeah. of finding these elements and then messing with them. It's a like a, a, a service worker can do this, which has been affectionately recall, referred to as a man-in-the-middle attack on yourself. <laughs> it's kind of like you're your own man-in-the-middle attack. Like imagine how dangerous this would be if, if, an attack, if, it, uh, if a bad person could, could uh, do what this is, you know, intercept the HTML before it even gets to the browser and change it. But this is secure because it's as secure as, you know, the rest of your website is and gives you the opportunity to do these kind of things. Well, what could you do then? Well, you could put a script tag there. Just as simple <laughs> as that. You could say, oh, we need to power a console as a feature on this website. We'll just put a script tag there. So that's what we've been working on and, and kind of successfully did. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a scalable way to get that script tag in there and kind of open the door for other manipulations we might not need to do. Remember that autocomplete attribute and little things like that. Um, but it was a little trickier than we thought, right? You might be like, oh, well, just look for the body then and then replace the body with itself plus a script tag or something like that, you know? <laughs> Turns out there's some complications with that, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, the in order to do it properly, we want to inject the script as soon as possible in the document uh, in like a correct place. Like we don't want it to be, um, you know, like break the validation of the HTML or anything like that, or like, you know, just have it before the HTML is even started or anything like that. But we need it in there as soon as possible so that anything that's running in, in like the head um, or, or any like external scripts or things like that that are logging to the console, yeah. we want to be able to intercept those and report those back to the, to the in editor console. Uh, so really like getting it right. as the first line in the head is, is ideal. Ideal. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Not necessarily in the body. And in fact, the body's like an okay place to put it. If as a fallback, in case the document is so wildly malformed that it doesn't even have a head. And in this case, I, I think, you know, some astute listeners may be like, how can it not have a head? I thought the browser you know, forced an HTML document to have a head. Even if you're sending over HTML that 
uh, doesn't have a head, it'll put a head in there. But it's like, remember, it hasn't even hit the browser yet. Right. We don't we don't have that cleaned up uh, browser rendered like validated version. No. It's it's like the raw HTML coming from the from the server request. I mean, it does occur to me that I wonder if there's some like weird secret API to like you know chromize your html <laughs> before you start messing with it but that would probably add some overhead right go go ahead and make it browser ready yeah but we we can't trust that that html it's it's all user input somebody may just put text in there you know like they they may not understand right. html or they may have some very specific purpose for it and so uh, we we can't just expect there to be a head or perfectly valid HTML. In fact, we spent a decade now teaching people, hey, don't, don't worry about putting the whole doc type in the HTML. We'll, we'll kind of inject that for you, which is, you know, very true in the pen editor and not true in the project editor. Right. Uh, okay. So interesting, interesting stuff there. So we, it turns out we were actually able to craft this worker such that it tries for the head first, then it tries for the body. And then there's even a fallback beyond that, I think, that's like, I don't know. Just put it somewhere if you if you can't find it. <laughs> yeah, the the document at all like it 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 still has like a, a document even if there's not like an HTML element or or anything like that in there. There's still technically a document that uh, Cloudflare's HTML rewriter detects, and then we can still inject that script just at the very end. You know, it's not ideal, but it still gets it in there so that we can you know do as as much as possible. Yep. And at least uh, in addition to like console messages, like runtime errors and different things like that, that the browser reports, we can capture through that script um, as well and report that back to the editor so that in case the user does have some malformed HTML, like we can we can catch some of those things and report it. Totally. Cool. And so, and we, and we already kind of talked about how we show your code in different contexts. So there's that, you know, the profile page or the trending page or any place that you can imagine, like one of those mini, you know, items, I think we call them internally at CodePen, a grid of items that, you know, we don't need the console script in there. So there's also a little logic that's like, yeah, maybe let's avoid putting the full-blown console script in there in those contexts, we don't really need to do that. We're just thinking, not even all of this is even done yet. We're just yeah. <laughs> thinking it out and talking about it. There's that. And then there's like, well, what about, you know, this thing that we offer on CodePen called debug view? Well, we're not going to inject anything there because that's your, that's holy, you know, that's the don't touch it kind of uh, code entirely. But as we're going forward into the future of CodePen, we're thinking, Gosh, that you know, that's a useful view. You know, what a what a nice one. The fact that we don't have to, there, there, we're not touching your code mostly at all. But you know, how you know, there's almost like, I don't know, arguably too many views on CodePen. Like, what's yeah? Why is Live View so different than Debug View? It's like, well, Live View auto refreshes for you. So we're like, hmm, I wonder if you know, there's a way to kind of combine those. And I'm not promising anything. We're just kind of thinking this stuff out. But maybe we could actually inject code and debug view that basically does what live view did today which would be nice because then there's one less view on code pen it still behaves really nicely yada 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 that view also really wouldn't need to power the console because it's like you're not there is no console you just use your browser console in that context 
but it would need some kind of automatic refresher machine script. Like <laughs> a little little listener, like, you know, communicating yeah. as some kind yeah. of service worker or like a Firebase, something like listener, that. Listener, a WebSocket listener of some kind. Yeah, this is kind of theoretical at this point, but we're, uh, it's, but not entirely. Like we're, you know, we're exploring code like this. But the point is, that's a different set of scripts to be injected than the one that's in the editor itself. So that that's that's so interesting that this HTML rewriter is going to have different jobs depending on different contexts of CodePen. Pretty interesting stuff. And okay, so maybe I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that before I shift gears a tiny bit? Uh, no, I mean it's a it's a complicated problem. We want to touch as little as possible, but we want to provide these these little conveniences and and make things as as good as possible. And so by kind of intercepting and modifying little bits, it's so much better than the Rails templates that we have and the mm. 30 different URLs for, for pins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Even internally, there's even more that you all never even see. Thankfully. Like, okay, there's too many. Too many. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things even occurred to me, and like the reason why you in would inject into the head instead of the body too, is just little silly stuff that at CodePen scale actually comes up sometimes. People are like, my, you know, body space colon last child selector isn't selecting the last paragraph on the page like I expected to or whatever. You're like, oh, that's because we put a script there. So it's actually selecting the script, not your paragraph element. And if that was different between views, that could get really confusing. You know? Yeah. So anyway, we, tr we definitely try to avoid situations like that. Just to kind of some insight into how weird things can get in CodePen land sometimes. So here's another thing, though. As we're working on all of this, Cloudflare workers are really very easy to work on in production because <laughs> Cloudflare themselves makes it easy. They have like an online editor you can use that's, you know, you're like, oh, just, you know, if your DNS is coming through Cloudflare already, just throw a worker up and give it a test and see how it goes and deploy it if you want to. Uh, sure. Very good. I, I mean, I actually quite like that DX for experimentation and stuff. But for most of us who work on really like, you know, important production stuff, you can't do that. That's totally unacceptable way to, to work on a website. So first you need to write the code for these workers locally and they need to, it needs to be part of your repo. Probably. And uh, you know, asterisk here, this is why people talk about monorepos. Because, like, th that little chunk, that little worker, it's just some other thing in your code base. But wouldn't it be nice if it's not, like, another repo? So that's the kind of thing, I think, if, if, if you're ever confused about why people are like, why is there so much talk about repos? Well, it's stuff like this that's, like, a little piece of a side of a chunk of a of a production website that has nothing to do with the rest of your website, but you kind of want to live it, have it to live in the same repo. And, and share constants, share utilities, like all that, all that kind of stuff. It's so much easier if it's mono repo. So you set up deployment for it too. They have a CLI tool called Wrangler that helps deploy them, which, you know, if you're all a grown up website like CodePen, you probably are writing like a GitHub action to use that CLI to deploy it when you, commit to branches and, and such. So that's some work to get ready. It's not too bad. 
pretty okay. You know, I think we had some hiccups and stuff, but largely it works. So if you commit a worker, it runs that thing and deploys and all that. But that's still just production then. I mean, you still have some work to do to be like, well, what about staging? You know, we're not going to test this thing on production. So that's a whole can of worms itself. Fine. Overcomable. But what about dev? Now that's when it gets it really weird. Because you now you don't have any like URLs. Like you can't, you know, Cloudflare doesn't know about your local host. How does, <laughs> how does Cloudflare intercept your local host URLs? Well, technology. That's how, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's a little package called Miniflare um, that, that kind of helps all this happen in local uh, local dev. I, I feel like it's relatively new, right? Like within the past year. I think that's about right. It's probably about a year old. I don't, I don't intimately know all the details, but I believe it was written by a kind of third party, probably somewhat of a fan of Cloudflare workers or something. And, and Cloudflare had Wrangler, which was... It did some of this. Yeah. But definitely wasn't the the full Monty like mini flare is. And then, and then I think it got kind of subsumed or whatever the right word is there by Cloudflare itself. So now it's an official project, which is great because for us, we spin it up. We make it part of our local development environment such that this works literally identically to how it's going to work on staging in production, which mm-hmm. is just awesome. You know? Yeah, and and it even has some uh, helpers and things like that for like local tests, like just environments and things like that, so that each little bit of the of the worker can be can be tested and and run um, without yeah, even right. like the. What full... were some of the hiccups there? I remember it's weird because there you know a word like HTML rewriter, like I said, that's actually the kind of a, a global mm-hmm. that won't error when your worker runs because it's like that's just magically available in your worker yeah workers have to be completely self-contained they can't like import anything else so like if you do have imports for like multiple files like it has to be compiled before it's actually like run as a worker um Mm. so you have to have some kind of build step if 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 it's uh more complicated than that and then there are access to like those globals in in like the worker's own environment, uh, like HTML rewriter and, and other utilities. Um, so Miniflare helps set all that up. And it also sets that up for the Jest environment too, so that you can test like little utilities, like does this HTML rewriter yeah. actually work on malformed HTML? Are these URLs being detected correctly? Like all those all those little tests uh, that we were able to get in. It's the perfect sort of thing you should be testing. I mean, you're literally like manipulating HTML. You better put, you know, 10 pretty wacky tests together to make sure it's doing (laughs) what you expect it to be doing. And you can't just like, you know, I don't know, test it once on your local machine and be like, yeah, that seemed to work okay. I don't know, just, you know, as you you all know, you got to actually write real tests. And uh, it was able to do that, which is great because you don't want, you know, you want to use your Jest or whatever. I'm sure that has other bindings. Maybe not. I don't know. But we use Jest anyway. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want your Jest test to be like, bonk, what is HTML rewriter? Not defined. You know, it needs to be able to know what that global is. And it does. Yay. Good job. 
I'm so glad this all came together. I mean, this is like a real need we really have right now. And it's just a miracle that all this tech is just kind of ready and stable for us the minute we need it, even though it's kind of like less than a year old, essentially. Yeah. Magical. All right. Well, that's the that's the thing, I guess. No need to to drag it out so much. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Cloudflare. Cool Thank tech. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out Miniflare for your local Cloudflare worker needs. <laughs> Upgrade to Pro uh, on CodePen immediately. This is not a paid advertisement, uh, but no, it, can it be. really isn't. Which is confused, I think, because we have worked with them for paid endorsements before. This is not <laughs> one of them. So, anyway. <laughs> we'll let you have your day well, back. People like short podcasts well, anyway, right? Disclaimer there. Yeah. Cool. Take care. Bye. Zero, three, one, eight.